0: This work and find what i'm doing here and it really really matters uh, as small as that may seem so if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show i much appreciate it thank you for listening let's get into it peace peace i'm majestic my brother justice roger man so I thought I think we I think we said in the last recording that we would talk about this today. And if we didn't, then surprise everybody. But you know, it's been all the rage that this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop, or folks have decided that this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. And apparently have decided that officially that there's a date and there's a party and a flyer. Um, and so there's been events. Um, I, I don't think I talked about it on our actual in many of our conversations but when i was at the urban league national urban league conference in houston like the urban league live night was the theme of 50 years of hip-hop and you know it was it was interesting to say the least um so um i guess i would say from a couple of angles i'm having a weird time with this whole thing um as, uh, I guess I'd say, as I like to say, as a, as a retired uh, rapper, <laughs> um, a person well, that made hip hop, you know, we we made hip hop for, you know, over a decade, I'd say, or approximately, you know, more or less, and had a footprint, and as, as a person who, though, has been listening to hip hop since it was started being on, you know, being like, yeah, that's that rap. Y'all listen to that rap music or, you know, the hip hop or the hippie, you know, in the, the jokes of the late eighties comedians that used to bang on it and the comedians that didn't bang on it. And the weird, all the the, the movies of the eighties, the, the, every everything that has happened, I guess I would say in terms of like hip hop as a music and culture, um, and a, and a creative space that you know wasn't just about really just about music it was about dance it was about um art uh was about political <laughs> uh, uh activism and protests there um I guess you could even you I mean I think you could wager I think you could say maybe, maybe even performance art at times right I, I, I yeah. mean I mean we yeah. wouldn't we wouldn't call it that because you know we wouldn't ain't nobody get no grants in the 80s, at least I don't know nobody that got that got a grant or got a, you know, sold their record for a whole lot of money because they said it was performance art. But yeah, so I don't know. Let, I guess we just, let's, I know you have some things that you, that you want to say or some thoughts. So I yeah, guess like, man. how is how, this whole thing? How's this whole experience striking you right now?
1: Oh man, it's, it strikes me like I know why we think, even though recently we now know about the history or origin of jazz, I know why people, a lot of people in our communities, think jazz is for white people. I know why now people think um, rock and roll is for white people, and I say that because I think once the once we start to chronicle these things we're going to do it with a timestamp we're going to do it with a timestamp of the time we're seeing it talking about something that happened before. Mm-hmm. So it, when jazz is looked at as like, Oh, this virtual art and, you know, this, that, and the third, which it is a thousand percent. It is the American classical music. It has become a global classical music. But when you describe it like that, what happens is there is a, context for people that forget that this was created in the literally the whorehouses of new orleans Mm -hmm. right and this was music that talked about sex (laughs) and hot and cold hot and cool jazz with different connections and relationships to sex
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so i'm sharing that to say that but now we get to a place and I'm going to talk about the whole MCM movement in a minute, but like we get to a place where we perceive jazz as something different. We would perceive rock and roll as something different because of the role of the Beatles or the role of the Rolling Stones. Right. We forget about the, the black singers and, you know, we'll do the whole Chuck Berry was rock and roll. We created it. But again, we divorce it from its context. So I, I, I say those things and say, I feel like with this, like August eleventh, nineteen seventy three. Like, okay, is that when someone said the hip, the hop, the hippity hop? Like, what makes it the beginning of the music? Like, because mm-hmm. it was a party with a DJ. I mean, it,
0: because it was cool, hearts?
1: I mean, because right, it was because it was cool, Heart sister's party. Like, I mean, what about all these black men have been rapping and saying stuff that rapped over beats if that was the case and i'm I'm not trying to do the whole well you know brother the watch prophets and the last poets and Gil scott heron was doing hip-hop i'm not trying to i'm not that guy today so (laughs) so i'm not that guy but i am saying what makes that the thing right Mm -hmm. okay yes we're talking about the bronx but are we divorcing the reality of the bronx from the beginning of hip-hop are we are we divorcing cool Herc and his experience in relationship to reggae and Sky and all the things that he heard in the big re, re, the big systems or is it just like and it's some American exceptionalism shit something was created in the in the ghettos of New York they had no religion to nothing else dun, dun, dun. like <laughs> is that is, is that authentic is that rigorous you know, like like yeah. for real, and, and and making sure that there's some historical and social and political context to it. Um, you you've heard me carp about this in the past too. I get we did the Bronx thing, and it was a better it's a better narrative to talk about the Bronx and then the related elements of Zulu and Zulu Nation stopping the savage skulls and getting rid of gang violence, like. To do this whole peace, love, and harmony thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you know we want this to be pure and nice it, as an as a form of expression. Very again, like you know, think of jazz, think of somebody, some kid playing like Spike Lee's dad forcing them to play, watching right. Mo' Better Blues or something. Like, is that how it started though? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, and and then this, we also, and I'll stop here. We cut out Harlem. And I've always had this, I've always had this like thing that like we've cut out Harlem in the role of DJ Hollywood and the other brothers from Harlem. We were talking over the records um, and rapping over the records because that reflects flashy post-disco making money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't fit into this peace, love and justice narrative of hip hop, Mm -hmm. which I think is just becoming a sanitized version. Going looping back, I think we're creating this very sanitized version, right, of, right. Of, the, of the music that we all heard and had it and was impacted by. That that's point. Yeah. Well, I, I got more. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, like the place, the first thing that strikes me about it, right, is, you know, and I think I said this to you. Or I think I said this like you know, kind of like a couple years ago. Look, I know I've said it on here, so I'll say it again. But going to you know basically with a charitable event like like a, like a kind of closed door charitable fundraiser event um and the music of choice was all of the hip-hop song like songs of the you know 93 to 94 95 and 93 95 range 96 maybe that when we were listening to that music when it was new, it would not be played on the radio, but everyone in there, including some people, these least financially well-heeled folks were just like, Oh yeah. Like that's jamming. And like raising money for the thing we was raising, they was raising, we was raising money for it. and And it being like, wow, hip hop won! like we, we've, we've, we've conquered the world. Cause this group, if the, the folks who would have had this standing, this would not have been their music of choice at that time. Now, maybe it would have been a, I don't know, probably a similar, you know, the, the, the concept of a, uh, the music that is not in favor of one age that is then the music of, <laughs> of, of, of folks who, you know, right, who, you, know, you know, matriculate class wise or whatever have you. So that being said, the thing that strikes me interesting about this is almost like it feels very like somebody decided they wanted to do an activity that sounded like a cool thing to do. Um but all of the overall kind of subst- or at least it's unclear to me that the overall substantial legwork and like significance of like, well, if this is if this is really us all doing acknowledging 50 years of the music, you know, what I'm saying if we say like, yeah, like 73-ish roughly is when the things that we would consider hip hop. Again, again, and then we're only talking about the music because we're not we're not doing, I'm not saying at least like, you know, nobody doing like a breakdance. Traveling revival and like that's doing break dancing and then like teaching break, break dancing at different dance schools. And, but, but, but hold and on, doing...
1: can I say something there too? Can I, I, I? Yeah. And it's also the thing of this originalism. There have hmm. been varying forms of hip hop dance since break yeah. dancing, right? And since popping and locking, right? Like, yep. I, yes, I, it's a beautiful idea that you take popping and locking lock and it came from LA. And you take break dancing that was being done and done in the Bronx, right? Like mm-hmm. I, that is great. But what well, the cabbage patch was hip hop dance. Yep. The WAP was hip hop dancing. Guess what? The bankhead bounce. It was hip hop dancing. Mm-hmm. And the varying things from a performance level that evolved from the art. Right. So that's the thing. And we'd be like, okay, what about the dance? But then our vantage point of the dance is breakdancing. <laughs> right? Right. The, right. The dancing. I mean, I mean crumping, crump, listen, it is the 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 dancing of like crumping and that kind of that kind of dance lasted longer, frankly, than breakdancing and popping and locking. Hmm. It lasted longer. Yeah, that that I mean, even if you want to say okay, you watch what's happening. If you said popping and locking went from 1977 to 1985, 86, I give you that, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know by 1986 we picked up that uh,
0: cardboard wasn't doing that no more. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the time, right? yeah, there wasn't nobody uh, taking over the uh, the lunchroom, even no. though we had the even though we had linoleum. In, right. uh, in 87 and 88, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, when it was like, nah, man, you, you know, we, you listening to the that. music, you yeah. like it by that point.
1: And again, besides hip hop dances, but the hip hop dances is when you came in doing the Roger Rabbit, yep, right? Like that was hip hop dance and again. The Bankhead Bounce coming out in 95, that's hip hop dance when Muggs was doing that, leaders of the new school, one arm out, <laughs> one arm back, you know, that like.
0: Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the name of that dance is, but I know what you... <laughs> well, That was all hip-hop yeah, dance. And, and
1: again, and the variations of things that have evolved since then. So again, this is even even that idea, right, of, of that or versus being like a hip-hop DJ. And like, okay, alright, so the DJing is the foundation. So okay, dude, now you go get somebody that's going to do the Transformer scratch, like Jazzy Jeff, again, fully love i it's great to bring in jazzy jeff to talk about the scratch right but most of us don't spend time listening to music with a whole bunch of scraps rapping and scratching
0: well I, if you've been to jeff's jeff's one of his like joints when he dj's which i would i would highly recommend if you've never gone it's it's not it it's not like he's taking you back to 1988 like he like, you know like it's not a two hours of a of the brand new funk like he be doing all kinds of wild DJ like blends and drops and like yeah you know I mean it's it's a whole it's a whole cavalcade of creative things that are not but,
1: and, and and that's all I'm saying that's my yeah. point like it's like okay hip hop DJing could be D nice and how he did club club quarantine mm-hmm. but he's playing other music right like so again it's like we're we're chronicling it we're codifying it in ways that just seem it can seem limiting going forward mm-hmm. right that again our children like as you know this kind of weird strange things happening where people actually be like that's trap music like it's some some of it's some form of like other music <laughs> like it's not kind of it's not a variation of hip hop it's its own thing called trap music uh, it's trap or drill <laughs> no I am not talk about drill I'm talking about like trap like the with the kind of beats and the whole future oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. depressed emo you know which is uh, i think a uh, conversation for another time but like you know oh okay that's trap it, okay so what is, is that not hip hop no more like and so at what point do our children our children's children start being like y'all listen to trap music they're like oh it was kind of hip hop but it wasn't hip hop no more and they would say well what's hip hop? Hip hop is defined as the five elements MCing, beat boying DJing and, and, and I will put this in here too we're not having any conversation about not just graffiti, but then the conversation about what has become of artistry, right? Of mm-hmm. visual artistry. Yeah, yeah. Again, shout out to Cornbread. Cornbread was a vandalist. He was a he was a vandal man. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: he wrote Cornbread was a plane. vandal
1: man. He he rode on a plane, man. He rode on an wow, elephant at the Philadelphia Zoo. He's a wild dude. How you gonna like, put your name on a plane? Yeah, like Cornbread was here. Listen, <laughs> right. So it started with van. It started with vandalism. Whether you look at him, Tacky, one eighty three, like all these guys had this very clear origin story of like it's a part of vandalism, in which I think again we'll try to create this to something. Oh no, man! They started as vandals. Cause it was, it has a social and political timestamp, yeah. and when you divorce it from the social and political timestamp, you're making it Disney World.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I, I think the um, the other piece I was going to like with this, like, if this is the, if 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 those who I guess would be considered. Yeah, I don't know, appropriate to ground or to center or to whatever have you. Like if we're like, yeah, we are officially commemorating the art, you know what I'm saying? And and everything that goes with it is like everything that gets left out when you commemorate it, then becomes like for some people, then that stuff wasn't a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the absolutely, you know what I'm saying? Like, if there's not a um the academic. You know you know as much as you know the the the, the construct of the concept of like you know the academia can be you know challenging or off put even off putting I think sometimes to people the thing of someone making like you know sit and make I'm gonna make a bibliography of all of where you can find reference material for every uh you know of of I'm just gonna do everything from 80 to 85 that we would maybe categorize as hip-hop as either either music any of the elements right like that would be a heavy job (laughs) of somebody trying to like i'm gonna try to like find you know tapes and flyers events that you know around the country that people would construe now as like that but that was like a hip-hop thing um photographs artists um media articles uh you know scholarly works from that age that you know you know if you even look at if you 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 know you want to go read uh you know the editions of um, Melana Karinga's Black Studies, and it, it, it's it's section on hip hop, which doesn't age very well. But you know, because <laughs> he was, you know definitely critical of the hip hop age, and uh, and you know at least the edition I still got. You know I'm saying like this becomes a very, you know, it, 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 I, maybe you don't know I shouldn't say you know. I should say. I take it like you, if BET does a you know, I don't ever catch any of those awards, but they did the you know the 50 years of hip hop kind of yeah. stage show, and people watched it, and some people dug it a lot. I tried to watch it, I'll get back around to try and watch it again. Um, but then that becomes the thing that is there, right? So there was a concert, I think it was yesterday. Right, wasn't it a thing this weekend? Yeah, in Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium, right. So, you know, on one hand, if you get everybody, if you get every everything you get in there, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be the only show, but you run the risk of like, I don't know, I, I guess there's a part of it, it's like, I feel like, you know, just this old old man, old curmudgeon that's like, ah, humbug, you don't need to do no 50 year of the hip-hop show. Just <laughs> but then it's like, if you're going to do it, like if I, I can't, it can't miss no beats. Like it can't miss any these steps well, and like who's coming and like who gets to pick and, and like, does it travel around the country? Does it, does it? Uh,
1: like, Well, I think that's LL's thing. I think to his credit, I think LL tried to leverage his thing and say that he was going to kind of try to do more of a, you know, that, you know, more of a, a holistic one. And I think obviously, with having Quest Love and Black Thought, and you know having Jazzy Jeff and Z Trip, like I think they were—they're tr- going to try to be a little more all-inclusive of of what that means. But there's always there's always winners and losers, and I want to be thoughtful that you know I'm not trying to make the perfect the enemy of the good. Um, and there are going to be winners and losers, and I think, frankly. Everything out. Everything except rap has been the loser in its fifty years. In in this whole conversation, yeah, I think hip hop dance, which frankly is black and brown dance. I think visual arts. The, if you have a Basquiat in your house, or you have a Basquiat, anything, or you have a Keith Haring in your house, or almost any artist after a certain time, even if they were classically trained. If you have a Hebrew Brantley in your house, if you have a this, this is art derived and influenced by hip hop. Mm-hmm. Th- that conversation itself becomes another dialogue when when Messiah wears a Keith Haring shirt and he okay, then we take it back to the crack is Whack wall he did in '86 in in Harlem. Mm-hmm. We start the, then then our understanding of art becomes different. Now we're talking about a, another element of the global phenomenon and this is part of this versus the one you could commodify the most. Mm. Rap was the one you could commodify. So that's why we're seeing the conversation about commodification. It is it, 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 it is. This is not happening outside of commodification and in like nothing happens outside capitalism in America. But like this is not happening outside of the idea of like, oh, okay, we could sell this, we could we could do tours, we can have journalists write something, we can have this do this, we can put a sneaker out. Mm-hmm. We're not having the the MoMAs not doing 50 years of hip-hop art. I mean, actually they may be them or a Studio Museum of Harlem might be some of the ones that may do that. But like we're not seeing that. We're not talking about, you know, like we're talking about with Dilla, his influence on hip-hop, which then influenced any jazz artists that came of age post Dilla's death.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And some before he died, you listen to their drums, they are doing what Dilla did. I would argue sometimes you hear more influence from Dilla in jazz than you hear in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yusuf Days. You know, I mean, obviously Robert Glasper. You know, when you think about all these different artists from from across the world, um, the Australian group, a hiatus coyote. I think I don't want to mispronounce their names, but like, yeah, yeah, I listen they, to them. I'm they like yo. They they learned at the altar of Jay Dilla, right? Like, and so again, but if we're talking, if, if all it's going to be is Here's the song from 1988. Here's a song from 1989. Here's the song from this. Here's a song from 2004. Listen to this. Look how far hip hop has come, y'all. But it's only the rap, and it's and. Let me say this: If you ask a lot of people, and you say, "Tell me your, tell me the jazz artists that are important," a lot of people are going to say one of the three names: Miles Davis. John Coltrane the Thelonious Monk because at some point that became the canon right mm-hmm. they got the flop. they got the the posters right Columbia Records puts out <laughs> Miles Davis re- rehashes and John Coltrane like uh Impulse Records puts out new Coltranes like I don't know where this stash they keep finding in Coltrane records <laughs> Monk got a beer Right, like as he deserves, but my point is like that's who you start to think about. So you're not talking about Cecil Taylor, you're not talking about Charlie Parker, you're not talking about Dizzy Gillespie, Duke Ellington, right?
0: Yeah, Clark Terry. Uh, Clark Terry. You're not even, I
1: know you're uh, talking about Sidney Bechet and the other guys that did it in the in the whore, in the whore houses, right? right. <laughs> like in the <laughs> like what we, that's how we define it. Like reggae, who's your, reggae? Bob Marley, right? Right. And so what we're doing is hip hop. What we think about? Hip hop array. Biggie. Right. Biggie. Uh-oh. Run DMC. Right like, okay. Like Rock Him. PDP. NWA. Right. Like unless you're doing a very localized context, you're just hearing about these artists that all came out during a time that people our age and a little bit older came of age. And I argue that people of our age, a little bit older are the people who developed the industries of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, their lens on the music is the lens.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, the thing, I guess it also rubs against me or like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if we'll ever listen to music that way again. Cause like the way they listen to hear new songs and artists today, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Right. Um, you know, due to the way that the I guess quite frankly the market to access music has changed right and and, and maybe that even speaks to like so like we both know several artists i mean I, I would say like uh, like um kane uh big daddy kane uh who um know what's the other one that that like tour pretty extensively like they go around the country like doing you know. Shows in, the world. in the world like it's like it's still 89 you know what i'm saying um because that's the one people want to see it but also that's the way that in in the way a lot of musicians historically in america have been able to make money you travel around where people can hear you play your music because you couldn't sell you couldn't depend on selling lots and lots of records or whatever object you know that you know now they're, they're files or whatever um and and even uh something like jazz is dead which is sort of built this you know world of bringing of resurfacing I, I would say i guess maybe for some people jazz music um but that has this blend of like there's touring and performing live and then there's also you know you know vinyl and records you could buy it, but you can also listen to it online but you know at least it seems like to me that they make their money they, they make it work because they travel and people can come to hear the music right um and the so again that like as you just stated that that lens of our age that like something has to be sold and like it comes out is like a part of how we really experienced hip-hop in our you know formative years where you know the people that are like 10 years older than us for sure you know they may have depending on where they was at they went they may have went to some event or to a party or to a thing where they was like, oh, right. that that's the, that's the hip hop thing, or they like got a right. tape, you know. It, it, it was, was happening, like, right. Right, it was happening. So they sometimes look at our hip hop a little different cause to them it I don't know, I don't know if it's to the way that maybe we would feel we sometimes our folks may feel that like trap as you mentioned earlier, or something else, these different genres um are almost not at any part of this other thing, but it does definitely when I've engaged with folks that are at that different age range and experience their orientation to like, where does this fit in the, like the larger culture is different. Um, The other like thought though, I had with that was like, how does this serve our memory? Right. Like, are we going to, you know, lose, lose the thread of like all these other, like, the social context stuff that was happening that made what happened with hip hop and made it spread, where not only in the Bronx where folks experiencing, you know, you didn't have music in schools, you didn't have access to stuff. Post, you know, deindustrialized in America, first hired, you know, first fired, you know, um, economic collapse in, in black communities, black and brown communities, and other people too, but you know us especially that when that you had this like youth especially with young people this like need you know quite frankly to party like to go and like dance hard you know what i'm saying like we used to dance like we were dancing like you go to the party even if you wasn't in the dance you might go stand over there but um you know like the context of when you went to a hip-hop like it wasn't there to watch to look at the dj and the mc rapping people was dancing <laughs> you know what i mean and then the right. other it wasn't was active it was an activity in and of itself right right that event was and then that the other things that i think you could tie in even though they're their own thing from the bounce was it uh, like uh new orleans uh they doing new, new, orleans, new orleans, bounce music bounce yeah. music What's named in, in in uh florida um miami chicago dance, all the different types of house music that started oh, yeah. to develop in the 80s from you know chicago baltimore you know what i mean and even that you know, a lot of these cities that was more in the house dancing than anything that we would call that but we at the time would have dis- we would have distinguished from hip hop but it is connected, you know what I'm saying, in that like the same drum machines and turntables and stuff, people was making, you know hip hop, you know, a lot of professors over there making all the beats that you ever liked was using other right. people were using to make other types of music. Well, God that's the that's the other thing about this and, and
1: I, I had to say it like this. We, If we're not careful, we're going to start divorcing hip-hop from Black people's experience. Now, obviously, when we say Black and brown, there is a very New York element to why we say Black and brown.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think we should just be open and honest about that, right? Like, the proximity of Black folks and Puerto Ricans cubans like in the bronx <laughs> right particularly right. it was all together <laughs> right like that's a that's a thing but now when it goes to other places when it goes to la you don't get you don't get mexican rappers for a while right right like it's not like one of them things where they picked it up just the same way and and even to your point about like it's a thing you're doing when you're calling it an art but you're separating it from the thing that the people were actually practicing it and like do you now, like okay, so when do you practice this? Like, is it when I put my headphones on and I go to run, or when I'm in a car? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you practice listening to this thing? And again, at what point is it not separate from this? Is the experience people are having, or when someone ra- when okay, this t- well, this is a perfect example when hurry hurry uh, love bug goes down to D.C. when everybody from New York going to Howard and they hear this whole other music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That ain't hip-hop. right? Ain't no hip-hop and it ain't hip-hop. That dudes in D.C. is shouting out crews uptown, crews in Southside, crews in Northeast and all this kind of stuff, right? Then they take it back and make it with a beat. And now it's hip-hop. Now it's, it's your thing with E.U.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: so now this is hip-hop, right?
0: Because
1: somebody rapped over it. It's a take-all. When the Beastie Boys, When when listen, and if everybody is listening to this, it, it people must note, when you hear early 80s hip-hop, you're always going to hear some variation of go-go because New York always took from people and never gave credit to exactly what it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They went to other cities and took from it, especially D.C., and then went back and acted like they didn't take from them.
0: And like we just came up with
1: this idea. We just came up with this idea of all uh, this goddamn syncopation and these goddamn four drums <laughs> that somebody's playing, playing the congas. Them niggas wasn't playing the congas in New York. Sick of this shit, man. <laughs> Because I just, it it is indicative of to me of like what we're missing when someone goes and does that or when Jungle Brothers, listen to it today, girl, they did our house you. Mm -hmm. They rapped over, they rapped and almost like sang and harmonized over a house beat.
0: Yep. It, it, you know, and it was, and it was definitely like a a song you played, you listened to at a party. Like that wasn't like a, you know
1: Right,
0: that wasn't at your house. That wasn't at your house, all like unless you was getting like you was getting dressed to go to the party, or you, you know, I mean, I was, I mean, a girl, I asked she was was like a year or two older for me to really like really be going to parties, <laughs> but I was thinking about it. <laughs> like, like I see my brother. Right, right. You watching other
1: people go out there. Yeah, yeah, go you know, to a party. Them, them songs is like when you watch other people go to a party. Like, oh, they, they, they going to party. party. They going go. to play this. They going to
0: play that. Yeah. Yeah, do, that's the jam. That's what I heard. I heard they go crazy when you play this. You know what I am saying or whatever. You know, the young people. Um, you know, would maybe paraphrase and use other language like the. Uh, and so it, it's like it's like, I, and I understand. For those who might be listening, like, well, just how how you expect somebody to to tell all that story in the midst of like you know trying to get uh you know I don't know you're trying to get iced tea to, to <laughs> on stage with with like, so and so like like we can feel like we're seeing the hits again like that's cool but I don't know it it just feels like dangerous waters to me yeah you know what I mean like the 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 afterbath is that we. You know, I mean I think I guess I have to say it speaks to a couple of itches of mine. one I think that there is a void of storytelling from our age about what we've experienced in our age um and and maybe there's like a whole bunch of dope stories and I ain't read them but I even feel like sometimes when I read different people's fiction it it's not it's not fictionalizing um it's not talking about this you know last this 50 years the hip-hop window at least not to the same degree that the window before you know and i know i think the age of writing is different so i understand like that is a medium like a lot of people maybe who would have been writers started rapping (laughs) and and did other stuff so we might not you know it might be a a creative um change that has that has moved but like you know like you can't talk about hip-hop and not talk about regonomics. Like you just like you can't be telling me you're having a serious conversation about like why 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 are people doing this? Why are they so frustrated? And then also not talk about like you can't you, you gotta talk about crack and HIV at some point.
1: You can't talk about hip hop without talking about crack. Like you got to. You got to. Because when the music changes, right? When the music goes from yo, we know what's going on outside. His people, his hustlers, and his selling a whole bunch of drugs, <laughs> right? To, we we're going to talk about what's going on outside. Hip hop had about outside the jungle. I mean, outside of the message, hip hop had about. If you look from seventy nine, if you want to go from recorded music, you want to just context, right? We want to go from recorded music context. <sighs> Schooly D, which you know, school was Schooly D was again, you know, shelves out the PSK Parkside. Schooly D was in the vein of wild Philly motherfuckers, like you know, you're talking shit, like mm-hmm. it, you know, he talked about what happened with PSK, who they had beef with, right? What he, what his man did, he go store some cocaine, like you know what I mean? Like it was, but again, very much like the Watts profits and some of this stuff we heard before, right? Well oh, well man, what's the joint? Um uh, uh, that story. It's a it's a hip-hop, it means like a uh poetry story
0: um,
1: from from the 70s, uh sport, uh I think dude's name was like sports delight or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like he was in that vein. He was talking about what was going on. Ice T heard that and was like, oh man. He talking about what's going on in Philly. Let me talk about what's going on here. Battering ram, battering ram. Six in the morning, they kicking in my door because the LAPD, which we didn't come to learn, right, are harming people and, and violating their rights. You can't separate the conversation about the change in neighborhoods and the change in cities without having that conversation, or even when the quick and them say, "Yo." Portland, just like Compton. Right. Like, because, because, in the because bloods and Crips is going across the country. Dudes from LA is going across the country to sell drugs.
0: Like they, they didn't just come in, they didn't come in pop locking and was like, yo, y'all want to dance with us? Like, <laughs> like that wasn't the transmission. <laughs> and then, I mean, and then it's the context of like if if gangster rap as a release as it was, as it became defined, like West Coast gangster rap was just like gangster to them for no particular reason. It's like, no, like it was gangster rapping because like like it was a lot of wild, like there was a there was an economy <laughs> that that was hiring <laughs> and required a certain um you know behavioral model. And then it was exported because you know people do drugs and you know we yeah. have not really kicked that. We haven't solved that as a country, you know, at all. Um and as a matter of fact, we probably take more drugs than we've ever taken. Right. It's a you know, it is the height of the of the war on drugs and, and the and the, the conceptual idea that like we'll we'll beat this by kicking down people's doors and smashing their houses and arresting as many people as we can. Um, you know, and then the the social reality of like what crack did in communities, um, you know, different even from the heroin age of the 70s in, in uh, the early 70s and and then again even from and then even in the inception of hip-hop to not talk about heroin <laughs> again it's like I understand that's not maybe fun at a concert and that's cool but like somewhere we got to talk about that part right like you you can't I mean even our you know our our contribution to the fabric of the 90s is as much about our, you know, coming to and growing up and trying to go to school and other things, but also the murder of Johnny Gamish, you know. And I say murder. Anybody else got a problem with that? Find me, you know. Find me and say it to my face. You feel like it wasn't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying, uh-huh. um, uh, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, in you know, in the Pittsburgh, you know, the, you know, the Valley context, but also John, um, you know, uh, the uh, Rodney King um you know what I'm saying like you you, you can't, can't Rodney King mumia I mean you can't mumia, the move you, like you can't you, you got to talk about all that stuff too like you got to talk about the 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 decision you know the 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 the, the second wave of what became the, the damn you know mass incarceration like we we were experiencing it <laughs> and we weren't not aware that like this was happening like other people act now like they didn't see it coming like we were no at the time we was like they're gonna lock everybody up like that's the answer they're gonna just lock everyone up that they can lock up just we just lock them up and maybe that'll maybe things will get better and we're also gonna kick people. we're gonna accuse people who are poor that you know they're poor because they're lazy because they're bad people not because you know we we don't have actually anywhere in our economy that makes space for them to, to 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 find a way um no, you know, Don't get me. I'm not going to get go on the soapbox. So I'm not gonna get on the soapbox. I'm gonna leave
1: it alone. No, no, no. I mean, listen, what you're saying is correct. I think <laughs> and this is the other thing, like by the time we figured out basic, you know, basic income or some variation of it, program programmatic, because it's not really basic income because you would give it to everybody. Hmm. Right. It's like that that's the thing. So it's like, well, this is basic income. No, we're we're segmenting off populations, and we did it during pandemic, so we know that it works. But we're not going to do it because it's not an American <laughs> fabric to do it. Yeah, <laughs> like we already did it. We gave everybody that didn't make a certain amount of money a check.
0: Yeah, and it,
1: it, to make sure that they was okay,
0: and to help people stabilize their reality. And we knew, and we knew why we did it. Yep. And then we stopped it because
1: we're not. That, that's not the game we're playing. But anyway, yeah.
0: So like you got you got to you know
1: here's the here's the biggest thing I want to say about your point that you that you that you're bringing up, and I want to put a like square inch element of a square mile dialogue. Mm -hmm. The other elephant in the room is when I talk about the relationship between the music and the art and the economic and social systems, and I'm not so here I'm not just about black people or black people and brown people in New York. I'm talking about like. The small labels mm-hmm. who were affiliated with, with with, with, criminal activities, both on the black and white side, mm-hmm. that put out these records. Because they put out records because they were affiliated with the mob. Yeah, they did. When we talk about Steve Rifkin and Loud and everything that Steve Rifkin did, it is on the record that his father was connected with the mob. I'm not casting dispersions on the guy's name. <laughs> hey, that, 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 it's on the record that his father was connected with the mob and they had a small record company and that Steve Rifkin then went and did loud. And so he gives us all the great stuff we want to hear. It gives us, you know, Twister, which was his first signing. A lot of people forget that. Mm-hmm. So, but then it gets us, you know, Wu-Tang, Mob Deep, Big Pun, you know, the alcoholics, uh, you know, Wherever you want to just you know, to go on and go on and go on and go on, right? It was connected to the record industry who had a who had a history of making sure black folks didn't get what they deserved, and that goes back to jazz. Yep. Nelson George actually does it, and I think Nelson George is an interesting person. You know, I don't know the context of how he would talk about a lot of the new stuff, because I think he's doing other stuff. But I think for me, I um, follow his Substack, And he talks a lot about like what the changes he saw in fashion and the changes he saw that was happening in New York. Through hip hop in the through line. And then when you're trying to talk about records and getting records and who's getting records to you and how do certain records get out. And when we think about early hip hop and except for like Curtis Blow, who I think was on Mercury records, all of the early hip hop we think about until probably around 89 or 90 were on independent labels, Mm -hmm. fourth and Broadway profile, profile, right def jam got to deal with columbia because of uh of ll right tommy boy records so we there were all these other people who we like oh man these, these were all independent labels and most of them never got the money they deserved for those things because of the structure of the music at that time and then here's the other part we hip hop at 50 OK, well, let's talk about hip hop at 50 has now effectively created a monoculture of black children, of black people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There was a time. This, this, let's use the D.C. thing, the eastern seaboard thing that we we're very comfortable with. Yeah, Yeah. You go to D.C., they are eating foods we don't know about. They're eating chicken wings and mambo People sauce. Socks. They're wearing slouch socks. They are wearing gray sweatpants, which I didn't learn until later because they all was coming from the federal penitentiary. So they turned the fact that they all had to wear gray sweatpants on because anytime anybody from D.C. went to jail after they closed Lorton, it was the Fed. Yeah. So they all came home with gray sweatpants on. And then we took it. It was like, oh, I like them gray sweatpants.
0: Oh, they're <laughs> oh, they
1: styling them gray sweats. They're styling them great sweatpants and them New Balances. But even that, gray sweatpants, New Balances, it is noted that that D.C. is responsible for the infusion of New Balances into urban culture, black urban culture, right? Yep. They, they had their own style and they had their own musics. You go to Baltimore, Baltimore guys, they had their own women. They had their own music and their own style. They had their Baltimore house music. They had they did they kept Air Force Ones alive when no one else did
0: mm-hmm.
1: before Philly and before New York. You come to Philly. Everybody's clothes is, you know, more tailored. Everybody's clothes is tighter. Slim jeans, Reeboks. There's a whole the glasses, Alpinas, Porsche design, you know, Porsche Design sunglasses. There's an entire culture to Philadelphia fashion. You go to Newark. They're different than New York. They, they listen to house music more than New York does. Yep. They have their own culture. You get to New York, they got theirs. Every borough has their own flavor. Brooklyn wears Feliz. New, uh Queens wears Adidas. Right? Uh, what's the name? Where's Nikes in Harlem? Everybody got their own thing. You keep going to Boston, they wear Adidas. every place had their own thing we now have a monoculture of 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 music of fashion and everything else and i am going to say this it is a monoculture that restricts creativity fashion wise and propagates emotional isolation and death music wise They- Black boys are being taught to be emotionally isolated and emotionally stunted in ways we are not picking up. Yeah. yeah. The the I mean. music is internal. The music is like I like ESTG, for example, right? Like the boy from uh Louisville. I like him. But he raps like he just drank, he just popped a pill. And all he talks about is to get back. All he talks about is get going up on the ops. All like in it, it is it is emotionally detached and depressing music. And our boys, him, NBA young boy, they are listening to this stuff and they are taking it in. Every kid in America, no matter how hot it is, wants to wear a goddamn ski mask. Yeah, it's not. I don't get it. It's not
0: healthy.
1: It's it's an, it's a monoculture. Black people never had a monoculture. Every city, every region had their own creativity.
0: Yeah, they had their own flavor, they had their own style. And then often, I mean, it was impacted by the, the, what, you know, the reality of that part of the country. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, one is... Uh, I, I'm still fathoming, and I know that a lot of the young people, at least some, wear the hoodies because it makes them feel safe or warm or whatever. However, I'm, I just I don't know. I, I dude, it's hot. I can't put a hoodie over my head. Like, when I was a kid, I could put a hoodie over my head in the summertime. I'd be sweating bullets. <laughs> I just, you know, you can't tell, like, you know, and I, I understand, you know, and I ain't, that ain't meaning I'm, you know, against the like how is the messaging, right? Like, like how are our kids, how are young people, you know, kind of picking up, you know, what, what, what the, what, what the nature of the world is, right? Because it, it was a different, um, and it was the thing that I think, I, like the, the thought is a half-baked, you know, quarter-baked justice thought about even like what we experienced in the 90s, almost like East meets West of like blackness, like crashing into each other in public. You know what I'm saying and like us sorting out how we felt about each other, which largely we felt fine about each other, at least on the right. street behind closed doors. I know on some um in some spaces, you know, and there's a very good if you can find it, uh Roy, Roy Wood uh the story about being on the uh, fan use campus with Tubac was uh was killed and the news from New York kind of like celebrating and all the other people not being happy about that and the fighting too. You know what I'm saying, you know, from a, like the context of this, like who you identify with, right? You know what I'm saying? And who you thought was like your person, you know, what I mean, but this modern place we're in is that like I mean, on its face, people are musicians to be well known to then sell other stuff. <laughs> like not to actually right. sell music, right? And so then even like the idea and I was thinking about this and not even just like who's the last artist or the most recent artist that that we would frame from our our lens of our time which wasn't always the best lens of like the conscious rapper but let's just say like they was making the person that's making music that was talking about something or whatever they was talking about but they was having fun but it wasn't necessarily like you know, you know, emo, depressed rap, you know, battle rap or whatever, um, of of the last, you know, two or three years. Like, is does this artist exist? Right? Is there anyone that has broke through in the context that is not sort of doing this thing where it's like, yeah, but this is what you do because you know people like that, so you got to make the, you know with the beat and then you go like this and then you do some stuff with the transor Z, you turn on the on the on the voice modulator and then. And then, yeah, and then you talk about the ops and the other thing, and then you know, and, and, and you know where where you flew somebody out to, like this formula that is very successful, you know. Now maybe the whole world is just in a different place, and but it, it's a question I, I, that I yeah. that
1: itches me, right? That's like, well, here's a, here's the thing about that. I, I want to touch on that if you would mind. <laughs> I think much like capitalism, right now. Most people in America are not plant based. It doesn't take long, however, to find some variation of something talking about plant based restaurants, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. The, in a capitalist society, in a, in a hyper capitalist society, we will find a way to segment, right? You actually find hyper segmentation, right? So there's the the world of like. The monoculture, because everyone is settled on the monoculture. Again, I think it has really negative impacts for Black people going forward when we've accepted the monoculture. Mm-hmm. Except, especially, a monoculture that we did not create. It's very similar to how when we build our brother Aliasha, it's not about what the streets want or people want, it's about what the industry wants and tells you was okay this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you have people that break out to just kind of be like, hey, I do what I do. Hey, Drake's like, hey, I sing. I talk about getting hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. I actually, you know, and we've said this before, while I'm not the hugest fan of his music, I appreciate Drake because he is showing people that there is a a world outside of America. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, America doesn't determine what the hell happens with global music. And with Afrobeats, Right <laughs> with the S.
0: Oh yeah, that, that. I mean, I guess that's the other. That's I guess that's the other lane, right? Like if you don't do the the, the if you don't do the. At least it seems to be when I when I, I observe the younger people, it's like the other lane is I do the Afro beats. Like I'm over here. Yeah, you do. It, which
1: is which is like some. Uh, it's an amalgamation. I know that's usually a negative term, so I don't, I'm actually not using it in a negative way. It's. Again, global music for the rest of the world, that then it's enough people in their power centers there and enough people in America who listen to it. So now it is identified as a power center in America. Yeah, yeah. But has connections to Toronto, has connections to London, has connections to Paris, has connections to Lagos, has connections to, you know what I mean? All these other places, to Brussels, to Amsterdam, where it's like, yo, this is a global context outside of. Now, I was also in London when they told me about Russian trap and Russian drill music and Italian drill music and showed me a video of Italians. With all blue on, <laughs> doing music that sounds like they did it in Chicago.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, we actually have like you figure Drill itself has three origin cities. It has Chicago, it's it's actually the motherland, New York, and London. So again, and I, I think, you know, what I take from what you said earlier, Just is that like this stuff is happening, and I don't know if we're chronicling it appropriately at the speed of its existence and then while we're trying to codify music for people to to tour Mm -hmm. right we're codifying people touring separating the music and the art and the culture from the people who are dealing with it now you know listen there's a lot of money being invested into the Bronx through this universal museum of hip hop Shout out to Paradise Gray from X-Clan, who's who's, out here, who's deeply involved in that. Mm -hmm. So I actually like that. Why? Because we're not separating. Because people are using this actually as an economic development driver.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Making place in the place where it comes from you know what I'm saying that like something actually lives there right like something actually lives in the Bronx it's not like you want to go learn about hip hop you go to New York and go down to go to the MoMA (laughs) right? or Or
1: like okay okay it's in the Bronx and people are using the economic and community development tools they have to build it out Oh, you're muted, guy. And, and, and that's important. Yeah. So I think that is, that's that's the thing. But there's another part of this that we have to talk about. What are the messages? And I'm just not just talking about go listen to a Black Star album, right? Because <laughs> sometimes people could be like, you want to hear real hip hop? You should go listen to Yasin Bey. And to Alib Kwali, who did a record on Fox with Fox uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch Money. Which is fine. <laughs> like, you know, it's fine. Like I listen to music that was created by motherfucking selling drugs. So <laughs> like game okay, I listen to some music created by Rupert Murdoch's money, okay, whatever, right? So, but I'm not talking about just that whole, like, if you want to hear real hip-hop, go listen to this. Yeah. It's like, how does our interpretation of our music influence? And everyone knocked Whitman Marcellus when he did this, you know, good, bad, ugly, him and Stanley Crouch and people knocked. But I now I get that that why you have to have someone that waxes poetic about the nature of what this is
0: mm-hmm.
1: and does not allow it to become just something and it becomes just good songs that make you feel good and say who would have thought that we would make it this far. Yeah. Like that 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 narrative is insufficient. I I use an example. Pittsburgh had the you know 50th anniversary and you know shout out to the to the to the mayor and other city uh Mayor Ganey and his his team for trying to make to be to chronicle it, right, and I honor that, but then there's also like what happened after Wiz Khalifa and Mac Miller right like what happened, and then the last guy was uh Jimmy Wapo from the hill, and you know he uh he unfortunately uh he died and died in in some uh intercommunity warfare. Mm-hmm. But like, you get two or three guys, and that's it. So we can talk about the 50th anniversary, but are children still creating art? Have the conditions changed? How are they connected to the monoculture now? And so these are the questions we have to ask, not as a not as a challenge or a you know uh, uh, trying to just hold someone accountable because accountability without no relationship is religion. So it's not about just trying to hold someone accountable. Yeah, yeah. But it's really saying in relationship for our future, and specifically I'm saying our future as Black people (laughs) and our future as original people who are abiding by these ideas until we get to the place where somebody can be like, you know what, I kind of do Afro beats and hip-hop mix and I don't really worry about the other stuff. We might get there soon. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to have the dialogue in a way that actually tells the story so that we don't do what happened to jazz so that you and I had to go back and listen to jazz and study jazz and wait till Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad who did beats for Tribe come out and part of his musicality
0: and does jazz is dead right then like yeah, that, that even that that helps you celebrate connection you know what I mean you, you didn't have to because, I, I, I mean, I think of all the music that, I mean, I, you know, and I tried, you know, I did some very intentional uh, child hip-hop brainwashing. Like, hey, y'all going to listen to this <laughs> in the car. So you would know some of these songs and know some of this music, you know. Um, but, like, if you depending on the, the, if you're depending on the, 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 the the Macro level of our American culture is gonna be, be oh biggie hip hop jay-z uh uh Snoop, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's gonna be um you know what I'm saying, Dr. Dre is you know, I guess you get some NWA, you'll get you know you are gonna get a copious amount. I guess then you'll get you probably get out, you might get outcast, depending on who in the macro, right? Yeah, you know, you, you you get you, outcast, you, you get, you're not you get gonna that.
1: get uh what was that group they did that, that your mama's on Crack Rock? <laughs> Remember that song <laughs> they even come on, what's the name? Your mama's on Crack Rock. now my mama.
0: Not, right, right.
1: You're not gonna
0: You ain't gonna get that. No, you're not gonna get that. You know what I'm saying? You're not even gonna get me man. You might get mixed a lot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like it'll be very like tied to how, you know, quite frankly, the outward gaze experienced hip hop. <laughs> Not the inward gaze, which then is like is is problem is a problem there, right? Cause then it's like our our own our own narrative of our own experience um gets lost. Now, you know, the 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 good I can say the good thing is, I mean, just because folks did all these events and been doing all this stuff this year, I mean, you know, you can just keep saying like you could keep having things where you try to bring this world together, right? To reach, to retell these stories. uh, to talk about these times, talk about the things that went on, you know, in these different eras, you know, even speaking to, you know, and and I'll say it on here just in case anybody from the city is is listening. You know what I'm saying? You know, it'd be nice if something you was related to or connected to that you made sure that you you got something out in the streets because you suddenly see a sign you're like, well, I know them. I, I I got the equipment that got that show, that that show happened or like you was a part of And then you're not sure if you, if you are a part of it, (laughs) right? Like there's a legwork piece when you're doing creative work. And you know, before I before I had confirmation, I was hating. I was like, this is bullshit. Who did this? You know what I'm saying? And then it becomes a thing of, you do creatively. I, I can imagine in different cities, like it could be really fresh, to hear different cities tell the stories of the different artists and all the stuff that really is like, it'll be lost to history because you know we didn't have like if you made music in the last ten to fifteen years, we can go find your stuff on SoundCloud or YouTube. Like if or you know if somebody wanted to like do a little like yo you ever heard of this artist? This is so and so. He was pretty dope. Then he like went to the army, decided to stop rapping, or like you know on the positive, on the negative, something happened to him, and he/she they, they're no longer with us. You know, due to some calamity, um, but anything before 2004, if somebody ain't copy it somewhere, you know, you might not never, you know, it wasn't easy to 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 make mass recordings of all the different ways that you went and did things creatively. You know, what I'm saying like everybody, video, audio recording, photography, all that was not as accessible as it is for everything post. Uh, especially everything post the cell phone, like the, especially even let would we'll say the iPhone, like the modern, you know, phone galaxies, you can do all this wild stuff with just this phone. So every, all things creative wise that, you know, we would associate with what one would do if you was a creative performer is different because you can't actually chronicle it in a way that you could not easily, you know? And so like, where is there, you know, is there an opportunity to talk about storytelling and, Documenting times and then cross-referencing again with the social political realities that were happening that also, you know, entered that, that was a part of why this creative response was was going on. And so, you know, I I would say to the world, you know, enjoy the various videos of the 50th hip hop and go back and look and listen to some new music. But I also would encourage folks to like don't get don't don't, you know, don't listen to Rolling Stones, whatever. I think they did an article like, you know, the greatest, whatever. I mean, they always making silly-ass lists of music. So, I mean, generally don't get too caught up in Rolling Stones as an authority on these things. But, like, um, you know.
1: It, if you're going to listen to the Rolling Stone, check out Larry Jackson. And I share about him because he runs Gamma, which mm-hmm. took money from, you know, a lot of other people. But he was actually the program director for K, KMEL in the Bay. At 17 years old. Oh, wow. Then he became... He went to J Records. He went to Apple. Did He did the Beats deal with Dre and them. Oh,
0: uh, okay. Um,
1: and then... And, and so he left Apple a couple of years ago to do his own thing as an independent distributor. So he's working with Usher, Rick Ross, Snoop, all these guys. So if you want to watch that, don't go into... How they make the determination that Outkast is the seventh best group, or Eric B and Rakim is the 13th best group. Like, how do you make that determination? Again, like Eric B and Rakim had, you know, two, two really good albums. And then it gets tricked, you know, you know then it gets, you know, it's okay. And then by Don't Sweat the Technique, you got a couple songs. But yeah. you can't separate Rakim from being central for how other artists said they were going to do their music. Yeah. yeah. absolutely. Right? Like, there's a seminal artist, there's classic artists, and there's really good artists, right? Those are all different things. Yeah. You know, so, listen, I, I appreciate, you know, uh, Guy, you – thinking about opening this conversation because it's really a conversation about us. It's really a conversation about, like you said, memory and Mm storytelling. What are we going, what story that we're all aware, we always talk about how stories get told wrong. We always talk about how people didn't tell the story of of, of Martin Luther King. Okay. Well, we weren't physically alive then. But are we going to let this happen with hip-hop?
0: Right.
1: Right. We're all there. No. We're all there. Or are we going to let this story being told be like, oh man, it was all about peace and love and everybody just wanted to be together. Was it? What was it really? It was, it was money and cars part of this very early. I listened to Lottie Dottie the other day and he talked about, listen, it, it might as well have been a commercial. <laughs> Slick Rick did that as a commercial. Right. So it wasn't always just about was it was it wasn't always non-materialistic? Because that's not true. That's not rigorous. That's not historically accurate.
0: Mm-hmm. And we gotta stop acting like that. Yeah. And if if you can't, um if you don't know how or you don't feel comfortable talk about that other those other aspects of the narrative, then get more people involved so you can talk about it. <laughs> Just get get You got to get more people involved. You can't just go through, I mean, or at least go ahead and do the thing you're going to do. And some of us are going to be like, hey, man, bro, fam, my man, sis, what you talking about? That was not how that happened. <laughs> yeah, man. It
1: wasn't how it happened, man. It would be like, we all somebody... love Lottie Dottie. Lottie Dottie is a wild song. Right. <laughs> Lottie Dottie is a song about like a dude recognizing a woman girls too young yeah
0: so you know we we have to engage with the rigorous engagement around the where I mean you know I guess like you know folks tell you about like how like the first i think versions of white lines was not anti cocaine <laughs> <laughs> like the the, no. the later version you you get to listen to is like, hey, yeah, don't do it, don't do it. Like it was it was just like, nah, white lines, people doing them. because <laughs> you, know.
1: you can't separate it from the proliferation of drugs in post-industrial America.
0: Yep. And I would say in the macro culture, the the, the comfortability with which, uh, folks using coke in the eighties is talked about. I mean, and I not saying us folks; I'm saying like other folks, like the rest of America. It's like startling. I'm like, oh, y'all just going to be like, it's all cool. And it, it was happening in the 80s. Y'all wanted to kick everybody out the NBA and destroy leagues. And, you know, you try to get bus drivers fired and stuff. But now, like, yeah, people using coke and you just move on. I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we got to a mental a health place with this conversation. But it's still a bit it's challenging. It's challenging, say the least, I guess. Um, you know, to hear people just be like, oh, yeah. Mm. so. You know, I don't know if we solved anything today, but we ain't
1: solved shit. Listen, we ain't solved shit. What we did was we shine a light on an issue. Yeah. And there's space for people who shine a light. And we didn't necessarily say we had the solution. The point was we have to have the more rigorous conversation. And not just when everyone wants to have the, the more rigorous conversation, not the two-minute TikTok, but like, yo, what are we doing with our music? What are we talking about with us? And and I will just say this in, in, in closing. There's also something connected to when young people and not-so-young people took their, they, they took their their, their like, A sense of what they should do from the people next to them, not their phones. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So what did it mean when the person that you saw wore the thing that you talked about versus the person that what you took from was watching someone else say that this was a style and then watching your friend do it? Not that they, they figured it out from somewhere, but they saw it on the Internet. You saw them do it, but you don't see them. Kids don't go outside and play with each other. They talk to each other playing video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the the idea of even social norming about how they start to understand what is what is even different.
0: Yeah, yeah we got. Uh, yeah, that. That, that's yeah. for another time. Yeah, we're going to come back and talk about that some more because there's a lot there. All right. Well, with that, you know what I'm saying. Let's say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, Majestic. Good Brothers is a part of the Ask Your Old Head podcast, and you can support the podcast by rating and subscribing wherever you listen, sharing with others, and also you can become a patron. If you search Justice Raji on Patreon, you can sign up to be a monthly uh, contributor. Uh, You can also Go to either Etsy and look for the Ask Your Old Head shop and buy one of those wares there, um, or you can go to askyouroldhead.com. That's askyouroldhead.com, and um, you know order a sweatshirt. Uh, there'll be things coming and changes arranging. Um, I hope our discussion on hip hop at fifty was of some value to you or something that can be built upon. Um, I imagine we will return to this topic at some time in the future. So, in any event, uh, stay you know cool out there if you're up here in the northern hemisphere. Uh, stay somewhere in the middle. Oh, actually, I guess some other places it's unseasonably hot, but stay comfortable wherever you are. Um, take care of the ones you love. So, with that, I say peace.